do you pronounce it Mastodon or Mastodon? Everyone will go, oh, it's Mastodon. When clearly it's Mastodon. Hello, and welcome to Different Times Podcast. I'm here with Paul the Wall Waller. Thanks, Dan. I am Paul the Wall Waller, although you've changed my name now. Yeah, I thought you didn't like the DJ Kenobi names. I, I, I loved your one. I just wasn't keen on Paul Podcast. <laughs> You're not upper class enough for a double barrel name, mate. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> hey, Danny Different. How you doing? Good. Yeah? Yeah, it's been a good week. Lots and lots of records mate, come out. I've been listening to non-stop music all week non-stop i'd want to talk about this one first because i only listened to it for the first time in the car on the way over the new saint vitus okay i've heard very good things from the press but from what i've actually heard my human self not so great i thought it was very very dull oh i should have been a drum roll there it was like <laughs> Doom by numbers. Anyone could write that riff. And then the first song, the solo, was just like... For ages. And I was like, oh, if I've turned up to a band practice instead of written this solo, guys, check this out. It'll punch me in the nuts. I quite like that. Do it again. It's the sound I make when I'm tickling you in the bath. I saw St. Vitus live. Um... And the, one of the guys was so old, so old he had like a walking frame or stick when he came on and sort of propped himself up and then played. It was in, uh, you were there, it was in the Into the Void Fest in the the country of Netherlands. I don't remember that. No. They must have been hammered by then. You had Chaney on your shoulders at one point. Oh really? Do you so remember Vitus that? Played. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And they're, they're, I think my favourite thing about St. Vitus is their merch. Because what they do is if you go to their merch stand, they use their old smashed broken symbols, sign them, and then sell them on. That's great. That's just blatant profiteering. <laughs> that's good. But not too keen on the album then. It's just dull. Oh, that's the worst thing to be. I've heard one song and I deleted it ages ago. I think I mentioned it on the podcast with that early single from this. But... Uh, it was enough to make me not want to actually listen to the whole album. But then, as I say, these reviews of coming in are like fives and fours. But isn't it just because they're like a legacy band now that you have to love? Um, yeah. Because it would be like slagging off Motorhead. You just don't do it. Why would you do that? We're going to have to end this podcast because we've slagged off St. Vitus. I think... Uh, <laughs> give it three more episodes. No. Right. Okay. I've been on holiday, Dan. Did you have a nice time? Um, I had a really good time. Did you go to uh, Cornwall, was it, Devon? Cornwall? Uh, yeah, I was straddling Cornwall and Devon. Did so you do I, what I, I said and take a photo with one foot in Devon and one in Cornwall? I couldn't. Claire would drive past the sign really fast and it would probably have ripped my legs apart. Fucking hell. Yeah, but um, the great thing was I discovered a love of waterfalls and actually being in the water. Uh, I couldn't quite get directly under the waterfall, so I've not had a waterfall fall on my head. But there's a something awesome and I, I said at the time spiritual when I came home I thought that's nonsense but <laughs> but it's something 
it's really special being that close to like that water thundering down. So you actually jumped in a lake with a waterfall. Well, because that doesn't seem like you, mate. It was it was knees deep. I didn't jump Still. in. I paddled out. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's not me at all. But I just thought, you know, when in Cornwall, do as the Cornish. <laughs> do as the Cornish. Uh, but this whole time that I was on holiday, as I say, I've been listening to to music nonstop. We had a playlist in the car. When I would come back, I'd be reading this Beastie Boys book. We'll talk about it in a bit. Uh, so I had that going through my head and I would just put be putting playlists on. Um, oh, and I tell you what really got me. You said, uh, you sent me in the holiday, you sent me a list of, uh, this is what I've been listening to. Quite a few albums you listed there. And one that really stood out, if you want to talk about it now, is this Full of Hell album. Yep. Mate. It's good. Oh my goodness, it's good. I think if you like nails and want it a bit harsher than nails, maybe, then this is your next step, isn't it? I thought, yeah, I think it's a bit more arty and also a bit more harsh. Yeah, it's nice to hear something because all my experience of Full of Hell stuff really is like their splits with like the body and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to hear something that's them standing on their own two feet. Yeah, they, they had an album that came out two years ago and it didn't really uh, didn't stick with me. And as you say... Apart from that, it's just been splits, including a split with Nails, which was awesome. But I always put Nails above Full of Hell, always, uh, as my go-to band if I want to listen to something like that. And now that Full of Hell seem to have added this extra, I don't know, I, I keep coming out with shit words, but I want to say pizzazz. Yeah, there's a layer of something else, isn't there, that just lifts its head up a little bit. Yeah, man, I, I, I've been listening to pretty much that non-stop uh that's a lie because i have stopped but then in between my listening of that i have been listening to other stuff so dan you sent me this list what else did you listen to you're not gonna believe it when i say it go on ramstein no new album you always said you wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> um well being a hardcore kid when ramstein came out like all marilyn manson and corn and all that sort of stuff a bit after like the original first wave of new metal i was clearly at the time never going to be into them um but this is all right the music actually is great it starts off uh no after seven deadly sins seven wings win, and then Moonchild kicks in yeah it's a bit like that oh it isn't exactly that then it's not it's very close <laughs> and then it turns into like a pretty rocking cool song but then the vocals come in and I, it's not the fact that they're in german because that doesn't bother me I just don't like his voice. It's quite deep, isn't it? Yeah. And the chorus is him shouting, Deutschland. That's a great song. I oh, you've heard admit, it? I've heard that Did song. Did you not get Moonchild off the beginning? Uh, no, no, I didn't. But I did watch a video a couple of times because uh, the internet went crazy about it. Have you seen a video? No. Dude. Well, anyone that's probably listened to us will be into Rammstein anyway, I would imagine, or at least know about them. So, And that video, it didn't go viral, but it just like everyone into metal had seen it sort of thing, except yourself. What happened? Uh, it's them exploring uh, sort of German history, and there's some gnarly shit with Nazis and killings, and it's just so expensive looking, and so... Is it, it a bit... No, no, not no. at all. You you come out of it and you think, fuck, I need to watch that again just to get my head around it. So if you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. 
Uh, what's the rest of the album like compared to it? Because that's all I've heard from it. Yeah, similar sort of vein all the way through. I only managed to get through it once, uh, just for time restraints, but I will listen to it again because I really enjoyed it. I was going to ask that very thing. Yeah, uh, so really enjoyed it. I can't ever make it more than a sort of 7 out of 10 because I just don't dig his voice. In fact, the thing that struck me most is I didn't think... Uh, usually it was like industrial sort of twinged. This yeah, is very yeah. more mainstream metally rock. Yeah. Yeah. There was a song on... Ah, oh, Vin Diesel's film. I think it was Vin Diesel. XXX. Triple X. Some people might call it Triple X. I just call it XXX. And Did you see the XXX2 with Ice Cube in it? Oh, no. That was good. He didn't do any raps. <laughs> no, I did not. But I think they were in XXX. Oh, God. Maybe they were in XXX4. I don't know. Well, we've got a little talk coming later on music and films. Oh, have we? Yes. All right, okay. I'm glad I know now. Didn't prep me for that. Well, you had the fucking magazine. Should have read it. Jesus. Next thing I discovered this week uh, is uh, like a rediscovery. So uh played a gig with a band last year called Mountain Caller. Um, two ladies up front. One Max on her drums. One Max? All drummers' names are Max. All right. He's, he's called Max. Anyway, he's on the drums. I'm just, I was flicking through the internet, as you do, and I went on a little Bandcamp thing, and I was just like, oh, the only way you can listen to this right now is on Bandcamp. So I was like, type the name in, and there it was again. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to have another listen. And you know when you put something off for ages and then you come back to it, and it will ping all these like memories and all that sort of thing? This is well catchy. It's a stonery... It'll do me in places, not many places, but then it's quite eclectic. It's got blasts in there, things like that. But I would really recommend it. Uh, you can't get it anywhere else other than Bandcamp at the moment, I don't think. And it's just their demo, but it's well good. I've taken the dog on a few walks this week listening to that. So are they signed or anything? Do not believe so. No, I don't believe so. So, yeah, really early stages of a band, but I can see some like big things going for them so where are they from they're from london that's the end of my knowledge one of the ladies is called claire um that's again the end so we've got claire and max and i'm missing out another lady i'm sorry mrs lady uh but yeah i recommend that very, very trippy as well i found myself my mind wandering when i was walking mr puggles yeah fucking great band and uh that's all I'm going to talk about musically that I've been doing this week. What about you? i got one more album. Okay. Get Up Kids with Problems. Now, this was on our playlist, me and Claire. So we've listened to it, like, but not in one long song, just or one long try, just individual songs. As an album, does it work? It's, you know, they had the album out a couple of years back now. Or maybe it was even like fucking ages ago. No, I know, you're right. Uh, and it was just weird and they were obviously trying a new direction it didn't work mm -hmm. this has gone back to like shit let's write another something to write home about so that we can still be the get up kids and it is that and it is great i really like it um it's not as good as something to write home about i mean what is yeah it's never gonna be but it's still like oh gives me that little like hey it's sunny and the get up kids are playing vibe i thought his voice a bit gruffer yeah, well, it doesn't sound get up kidsy enough for me anymore. Well, apparently on this, 
there's lots of the other guys doing backing vocals, like harmonising and stuff with him. Where I think on something to write home about and four minute mile, he oh, harmonised with himself. That was great. So there was that four minute mile, followed by the an EP. That I love that. What's that EP there's called? There's the Woodson EP and the one with Last Night on the Mass Pine. Jesus, what that's a song! Great. And then they they and then you've got that the, the final something to write home about red letter day ep that's it man the red letter day ep i think that's my favorite thing they did yeah wow good Uh, and there's a song on it called lou barlow about he sees lou barlow (laughs) is it Uh, good is it is it is is he being kind Uh, he says oh there's lou barlow but he doesn't know who i am Oh, okay. Because <laughs> so, so Lou that. Barlow was uh, Sebado. Sebado and Dinosaur, you got it. You got it. Although, what I do get from it is a lot more of Reggie and the Full Effect sort of sounds, like particularly on that Lou Barlow song. You can tell it's like got a massive James Dewey's influence. Who is, is he, Reggie and the Full Effect? Is he still in Get Up Kids? Yeah. Wow. That's... Um... Oh, that's quite interesting. All right, I will listen to it. On oh. I bet Alex will love it. You reckon? Yeah. Like, or is Alex too true emo, not new emo? No, no. If he if he comes across a band that like tickles him, uh, then he'll go for it. The weird thing with Alex this year is he's promised himself, I don't know why, that he won't see any gigs and he won't buy any records for a whole year. Don't know why he's done that. Does he hate life? <laughs> I don't know. Um, maybe it's so they can save up some money and do something. I don't know, but I didn't imagine that he was spending too much anyway. Weird. What, what does, a weird thing. Yeah. Well, like, I get. Whatever. I get if he was smoking. Let's give that up for a year. <laughs> but record collecting, bloody nuts. Um, we had a, 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 someone contact us on the Twitter. Uh, on the Twitter, tw- tw- tweet, tweet, Twitter, Twitter. It's called, and it, this guy was called Crafty Exe. That's his name. Could be Crafty Exe. What do you reckon? Exe. I don't care. Right. He's Jesus. Beg <laughs> it up. Uh, so he said, please tell Dan that the Prodigy did a stem remix thing on Always Outnumbered, Never Outgunned, uh, and they had a web page where you could go in and rearrange those stems. Uh, of the, and the singles, oh, so you could wow. do all that. Like you, because you invented idea. this. Yeah, they. So I invented it, and now they've gone and done it. They, they've gone and done it, but this is a web done, page. Mine's an app. Yours is an app, exactly right. So he said, "You better snap up that idea." Thank you, Crafty Exe. Hey, wow, I'm going to go and find that. I want to find it. I hope it's still there. Like, because um, yeah, Prodigy need help. Oh. <laughs> Um, I think that's too early to talk about the prodigy in that way. Uh, Right, okay. Magazine time, Dan. Magazine! You're going to love this one because it's from your native land of Australia. I love Australia. And more importantly, it's not from near you in Australia. It's fucking miles away because you were in northern Australia, weren't you? No, I was Melbourne-y. Um, um, I thought that was northern. No, the Melbourne's south. Oh, well, this is right from your. This is from Adelaide. Okay. Or well, it started in Adelaide as a uh, like a music listings guide called Rip It Up. But we've got one from 2005, uh, February and March 2005, with Billy Joe from the Green Day on front. Uh, yeah, 
Billy Joe from Green Day. Hmm. Green Day reminds me, Dan. Uh oh. We had a little row the other other day, and it was I said because I, again listening in the car, and I'd heard a song from Insomniac straight away. Said to you, Insomniac's the best Green Day album. And I said, rightfully, no, it isn't. Dookie is. Jesus Christ. Um. So this went on, and I've I just thought can't argue with you about it you're too stubborn i'm going to put it out there on the internet right and what happened every other time we've put something out on the internet <laughs> who wins you always win always win like I, I bet you if i said how do you pronounce mastodon mastodon <laughs> do you do you pronounce it mastodon or mastodon everyone will go oh it's mastodon when clearly it's mastodon dookie got 80 percent insomniac Doing the maths got twenty. <laughs> uh, well, it's the, it's their never about? mind. It's their never mind. It's, no, it's not. It is because the first one, like Kaplunk, is um, Bleach times. Bleach. Yeah. And there's the ones before that, which is all like the little early releases. It's moved out and Slappy Hours, is it called? Yeah, something like that. And then Dookie is never mind, and Insomniac is in utero. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, success-wise, very, very good analogy. But there is a real problem with Dookie. There isn't. There is. It's not very good. It's amazing. Oh, my gosh. It's the album that made made them. It is, it, Look true. at the songs on there. Basket Case. Holds up. When I Come Around. Does not hold up. What? It doesn't hold up. Oh. Don't you know where I'll be found? <laughs> That's like one of the first songs I ever learned to play on guitar. Uh, mate, cl- clearly I'm wrong anyway, because the world voted. You are always right. I was just like shocked that my opinion was not the common one, the common thread. And like, I haven't followed Green Day since uh, Insomniac. Have you? No. No. So they, they released that warning album, uh, which didn't is where like, I completely dropped out. Yeah, I didn't like all the American Idiot. Yeah, so that that was obviously that just reminds me on. of when someone sticks American on the front of something to sell a load of records or films like American Beauty, American History X. What about Nimrod? American Psycho. <laughs> Is Nimrod the whole album? So yeah, Nimrod was the whole album, and that was okay. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure, not hundred percent. I'm pretty sure it followed up in Insomniac. So it was one after that. You know when I come around. Yeah, I only realised what that meant the other day. Like when I come around, as in when I wake up, right? Because I've been drunk and passed out. Not when he when actually come around goes your, house. To your house. Yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. Hmm. <laughs> Fucking insomniac. Uh, yeah. So tell me a bit about Rip It Up. Rip It Up magazine was first published in 1989 as a gig guide in Adelaide, Australia. Released over 1,000 issues. Fuck. Yeah, it was a weekly street press magazine focusing on local entertainment scene. It was a comprehensive gig guide, an events guide, strong local arts focus, live gigs and album reviews, interviews with local and international artists, regular columns, food news and reviews including bars, restaurant, food trucks. Okay. It was released each Thursday. Done. Okay. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, in... 
April 2014, it went all digital online like a lot of them do. Oh, right. And yeah. then by 2016, June, it was goodbye, everybody. It's a shame. Love lost. So, okay. What? What, what did lost come from? Uh, well, you are everybody. That's the song in Charlie's uh, band. Yeah, Screwdriver. What? Screwdriver? <laughs> yeah. He's not in Screwdriver. <laughs> what are they called? But he's not a bloody racist. You don't know. You haven't seen that side of him. You haven't seen the, <laughs> the, the Lost spin-off. Uh, I can't remember what the band's name is, but it isn't Screwdriver. It's something like Screwdriver. Turbo Driver or something. <laughs> drive Shaft. Drive Shaft, that's it. Ah, there we no, go. A drive in it. Um, yeah, so what I can make out, this is a <laughs> Southern Australian sort of local magazine so fuck knows how it ended up on ebay in the uk but i got it yeah i've seen them before but they were way too expensive to buy oh this was but i was running out of ideas okay cool <laughs> well well done and it's a beautiful thing to hold did you have you held it no oh let me show you right. so you, you only had the photos you're talking about the uh the magazine yep right it's got an advert on the back for Playboy the Mansion, which is a porn-based video game from the time. Oh, no way. Look at the Have quality you of this. that? No. Uh, it's like, it's thick. The pages are thick. <laughs> oh, smells good. And it's massive. Look at the size of it. It's <laughs> Let like me put my mic down. Double the size of A4. There you go. And it, on the, the binding, oh, it's wow. like glue-bound at the side rather than staples. It's like a proper piece of kit, that is. Do you know what? I would from the photos you sent me, I would never have guessed. That's awesome. Rip it up. Nice. I like that. I think that wins my favourite, not content wise, but just a thing to hold yeah. in your hand. Favourite magazine in the planet. Jesus, that that's a shocker. Okay. I yeah, I would never have guessed. That's a good quality binding. Um and the first bits I got into reading were the letter pages which i completely believe so um it's called cd theft must be avenged and it's a girl who has bought this magazine and her cd's been nicked off the front cover so dear whoever this may concern anyway so i arrived home from my new job where i have to collect trolleys all day yes i'm a supermarket bitch but things started to get worse I walked into my room and I smelt the smell of Rip It Up magazine waft through my room. That's and a great it's smell. great smell. But her problem is this aroma should have been controlled because the magazine should have been closed. So it's been delivered. Someone's been reading through it. Oh, no. Still, though, currently overjoyed by this concept that my long-awaited magazine had arrived. I didn't think, or maybe because I'm blonde, either way, I read the cover and found out the postal boy slash girl stole my fucking CD. Yes, that's right, they stole it. The cover, plastic see-through cover, was torn slightly open, just enough to pull the CD out. Unbelievable. But infuriating. Um, but as soon as she's walked in and said I could smell the magazine, yeah. this magazine is that thick that it's yeah. musk would take over a room. <laughs> do you know what? That's company. No no posty would ever do that now because who's got a CD player anymore? Yeah. You might nick someone's download code out of an album. Oh, even that now. Oh, man. Those were the days. Like, I do remember, like, sometimes you go to WH Smith's and, uh, like, every terrorizer would have its CD missing. Metal Hammer would have no CDs on there. 
and just like some arsehole has gone through and just taken them all. Oh, fucker. Um, but in Rip It Up's defence, they did send her another copy of the CD. Oh, that's nice. Hmm. In fact, the letters are brilliant. They've got that real sort of Australian fuck you attitude, but it's not like fuck you, I'm a cunt. It's like, hey, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> you know, but we still get along sort of attitude. Do you know what I mean? Um, being Australian, not really. Well, uh, the next letter, uh, it gives a good <laughs> We go through the whole letters page. Let me put my feet up. It's entitled, You Elite Wankers. Excellent. Dear Bomber, who I uh, later found out is one of the editors, I think. Uh, Ari, a letter I read in the last issue. That was a totally good point. Raised how overcrowded the big day out seemed last year. That's a big American, Australian festival, sorry. Got it. Uh, the big day out seemed last year when the whole stand on the right was closed. I just think it's a bit rich labelling it Big Wank Out. When you have probably spent the last six or seven big day outs in corporate boxes and the like, getting alcohol on tap and having a general wanking competition with all your wanker mates up there. You don't even have to queue for the John. You should be ashamed. Keep up the good word, Bex. Wow. So she's like totally like wanked him off, but then gone, oh, fair enough. And again, like big day out, it was, it was always like, oh man, I wish we had a big day out. Yeah, you'd have that over here. I'd definitely have that over here. It was always awesome. Uh, also, my very last festival, like being crammed into a queue, like my last Reading festival, should I say, crammed into a queue just to get out of the arena, not after a band or before a band or anything like that, just because the toilets were situated reasonably close to the exit. Bad planning. Man, I, I, and I made my choice never to go to another Reading at that point. I don't think I'd go to Reading again. Mainly just because I don't like the bands there anymore. That'd be probably key. Very key. I read a lot of reviews, so I won't really interject until we get there. I'm getting to them. Let's but go, mate. There's a few other bits, because like I said, this isn't just a music magazine. Uh, there's other bits in there about like movies. The 10 worst singers in movies... I saw number one, and that's very right. Mariah Carey and Glitter. Never watched it. Spice Girls, Spice World. Did you like that? Uh, I only saw a little bit of it one Christmas. I, I saw it on Christmas morning. All right, so it might, might have been the same one. I Probably had to was. switch over. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't bear it. Oh, it was good fun. It had Meatloaf driving a bus. When Meatloaf appeared is when I turned it over. Oh. Fuck. Phil Collins in Buster. Awesome film. Um, does he sing in it though? He's on the soundtrack. It's one of the first records I ever had. Yeah, but he's not singing in the film. Going loco, <laughs> down in Acapulco. You love that song. Yeah. You douche. Uh, did you ever see, you're a bit of a horror buff, aren't you? Uh, a bit. And a bit of a rock buff. I'm a bit. John Bon Jovi in Vampires, Los Muertos. Never seen that. That was about the time that I was working in the video shop, so I have seen it. Oh, and it no. is quite cool seeing Bon Jovi in a film about fighting vampires. I've seen Jovi in a film before. He was in some weird, sickly, romantic thing, wasn't he? And I, that's the one I watched. Called like Runaway or something. Didn't like it. That was just Bon Jovi's song. Let's keep it. The film's Runaway. Like it. Britney Spears in Crossroads. Never saw that. You didn't even buy it just to pause it when she's in the pink bra and masturbate. She masturbates in Crossroads. No, I did. I mean, you did. Did you? I didn't. Never. No. Never seen that. Kylie Minogue in Street Fighter. 
I had no idea she was in Street Fighter. Or Jean-Claude Van Damme. That's a wicked film. It's wow. a very retro kitsch now, but yeah, I love Kylie. Is it very camp? Yes. Okay. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of her and Jason Donovan, actually, since last week. Yeah, what, what were we doing last week? I don't know. <laughs> Ice Cube, Ghosts of Mars. All right, so this is just famous singers and this is the ones they think the worst top 10 worst singers in movies got it okay so they're not singing pull your dick yeah acting all right okay uh no i quite like that film although i'm sure mariah carey sang in glitter let me tell you also why is phil collins buster in that then because yeah, that, that's that was really good sorry if i agreed with the list i would have just gone gone past where else have they gone wrong here LL Cool J, Deep Blue Sea, amazing film. Deep Blue Sea? About sharks. That Samuel L. Jackson gets eaten. That's right, that's the best bit. Ah, that is a good film. <laughs> I love that, for pure popcorn fun. Like I tried watching The Meg the other day, have you seen that about The yeah, Meg? Yeah, I love The Meg. Don't turn your nose up, <gasps> it Dan. It was alright, but it was no Deep Blue Sea. It was like Deep yeah, Blue Sea and they'd taken it too far. They need to make Deep yeah. Blue Sea 2. Oh, well, Cool J's in it again. <laughs> Somehow gets mixed up underwater. That'd be great. And Sam L. Jackson won't be in it, though, because he got chomped. Yeah. Okay. They'll have to put another um, another actor in his place. Okay. Lawrence Fishbourne. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> Do you know any other black actors? <laughs> Uh, only LL Cool J, but he's already in it. Cuba Gooding Jr. All right. <laughs> He'd be a good scientist. Oh, that droopy-eyed motherfucker uh, who was in Star Wars. Oh, yeah. And a samurai film where he was a um, an ice cream man. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was good. Like Zen Dog Way of the Ice Cream Van or something. <laughs> That's not what it was called. But it was something to do with like samurai dog ice cream van hunter. <laughs> Uh, Madonna in Evita. Now that was a good film, wasn't it? And she sang, I'm sure she did. Yeah, that, that's good. I enjoyed that one. That was a cracker, that was. Although... <laughs> cracker! Have you seen Madonna now? <laughs> she looks like Skeletor. Honestly. There was, she, she was in Eurovision, that she was, was it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even watch it, but the amount I've read, I just know she was like off-key and really bad... You must have watched Eurovision. You're that sort of No, I was, I was coming back from holiday when it was uh, on. And Grace Jones in Boomerang. Um, I don't know that oh at man, all. Grace Jones. That, she was in a James Bond, wasn't she? Yeah, she was in A View to a Kill. That's right, with the uh, fishing line. Yeah, uh, no bad words against Grace Jones. She's marvellous in every way. Sorry, I laughed so hard. I lost all my voice. It's back. Uh, and then there's a bit about good people in films Courtney Love in The People versus Larry Flint yes that's good good performance well done Courtney uh, David Bowie in The Labyrinth I loved that as a kid growing up Labyrinth I still watch it on a bi-yearly basis so twice a year that's not what bi-yearly <laughs> means but twice a year I watch that uh, purely because my wife loves it to bits Eminem in 8 Mile I watched that again the other day that's really alright like that. that's yeah. a good good shout Brittany Murphy's good in it too she did. Elvis in Blue Hawaii. If I know anyone who's seen that, it'll be you. He's good in it. Like he's he's good in. I love him in Girls, Girls, Girls. You could sort of tell that he'd fallen out of love with doing these like movies every single year, or maybe two in a year, and just like 
all the the luster had left his eyes so it's like a dead man behind it but he's still performing his ass off so yeah girls 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 is my elvis recommendation no oh, i haven't seen that i'll give it a, yeah, a good visualization uh, and the last one that i wanted to mention because it, it took me a while to sort of um think what basketball diaries with leonardo dicaprio and mark Wahlberg. and i was just thinking mark Wahlberg's just a fucking actor anyway but he's not, is no, he? He was Marky, Marky Mark. Mark. Funky Bunch. He was a good-looking man. Do you though. know what? His best performance is by... Um, the, when he's scared of all the wind and it's blowing grass around. Oh, Signs. No. No, Signs was good. This, M. Night Shyamalan one. Yeah. Uh, it was called the Windy. Windy Nectar film. Uh, it's called... Come on, tell me the internet. Tell me... Uh, shout it out it's coming to me it's called hay fever oh fucking can't remember shit but yeah i did think that was the worst film m night shalomon on ever made one of the worst films i've ever seen it's so bad that i've watched it several times since just because it's one of those that's so awful and you giggle your way through it i liked signs though apart from the end when it was like oh look he's put a twist in it <laughs> okay um you're looking it up aren't you i'm not looking out go on living I, without looking i it need up. to know what the film is called mark windberg uh actor gonna come up straight away oh fuck what's his name Wahlberg. Wahlberg. you put weinberg and you spelled mark with a c here we go. International Movie Database. This is really good That's for you. That's Mark Wallenberg. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> what, what's the film he was in there? Basketball Diaries. It's M-A-R-K-W-A-H-L. Oh, hang on. W-H-A-L-B-E-R-G. There we go. There we go. There he is. So he's, he's, he's dancing away. And he's in the film. Contraband's not it. Uh, he's an actor. Oh, God. Oh, God. He's been in loads. 68 films. The Fighter. That was good. Um, Pain and Gain was good. I think that's like a comedy with him and The Rock. Shooter was good. Oh, I like that. Three Kings. Traveller. Three Kings is amazing. Oh, for fuck's sake, Marky Mark and the Funchy Bunks. Well, look at M. Night Shalomanom film. No, no, it's on here. The Happening! It's called The Happening! It is, well done. Fuck. Thanks, the internet. That wasted, like, how many minutes of our listeners' lives did that waste? Depends how it gets edited. Uh, right, as you were saying, <laughs> on to the reviews. Did you review the uh, Metallica Some Kind of Monster? No. You didn't see that? I saw them. I chose a particular four. Fair enough. Three. I it, I like, can only read it in Aussie Man Reviews voice. Oh, okay. He's so good. Mm. I figure the question with this motherfucker of a doco is simply, do you have to be a diehard Metallica head to dig this flick? After watching it, I ain't too sure, but you'd have to be a complete cock to make this a first date. He's very rude. Yeah, this is like there's a lot of swearing and sort of aggro slant to the writing here. Yeah, which I guess is sort of Australians playing up to be Australian. Yeah, that's exactly what I felt. Unless that just is what Australians are like, apart from you. 
<laughs> yeah, the black I'm sheep not, of Australia. I'm a nice guy. Although if it was a sheep, it would more be in New Zealand. What score it? did he give some kind of monster? They don't do scores. Oh yeah, they do. Four stars out of five, which is wrong, isn't it? Because it's, it's, it's a five. It's an all-time classic film. Yeah. Okay. Reviews? What'd you get? Alright, so my next one is a band I'd never heard of. So all my reviews got five out of five, of which I thought there were way too many five out of fives. Because if you think about it, five out of five isn't just, oh, that's a great album. Five out of five is this album, album. perfect, will last forever. It's an all-time classic, right? So straight away, they've given me three five out of fives. No, four. One I want to mention is Slipknot Volume 3. So they gave that five out of five, right? The band I'm going to talk about now is called Eight Foot Sativa, or Sativa. Never heard of them before, but they're yeah. from New Zealand. Now, they had a story going, uh, and the, the story is that the New Zealand Arts Council wanted them to, to give them some funding, give them help, give them money, but they had to be less metal. That's the story. So don't be so aggressively metal, sort of tone it down a bit and you're welcome to some funding. Well, that's, you know, the Arts Council wants to be able to go, oh, look, we did, and not put a bunch of metalheads on the telly, I guess. Oh, there we go. So they gave them the finger and said, fuck you, New Zealand Art Council. And not like old uh, Employed to Serve, who bent and released that weak pile of shit the other week. <laughs> so they've said, fuck you. That was a joke, by the way. Uh, Breed the Pain was the release. Now, Breed the Pain, I listened to, halfway I got, okay, uh, it was alright. Um, was it toned down? Oh, no, no, it was full on. Yeah. Yeah, it's full on. Uh, there's elements of new metal, but not much. There's a clicky drum sound, which I think it's so clicky and points, it sounds like they've actually taped a 5P on the, the, the drum kicker. Is that a natural thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Pantera did that the first time. Well, they came all sound. the way to England as poor musicians, got 5p and flew back. Oh, all right. Ten cents? Mm. <laughs> Did you just do a belly hungry? No, I just went, mm. Okay. So, um, the best bits are the lead guitars on this, right? I would definitely recommend, if you're a fan of Testament, of which I am a bit, uh, it's really Testament heavy with the guitars. As soon as a lead comes out, testament time and then I, as i was listening to it i just thought actually fuck this and i put testament on and i, I was at a much better time so pro probably listen to testament but yeah that's what i thought of eight foot sativa uh five out of five that got i couldn't even get five songs deep mm. okay did you read the hot water music review i did read it but i didn't want to talk about it why not you so inaccurate Hot Water Music have always been New York Hardcore's glory band. <laughs> what? I was like, oh, if it hadn't been such a good magazine, I would have put it in the shredder. <laughs> and we'd have had to find another magazine. Hot Water Music are from Gainesville, Florida. Everyone knows that. Also, classic New York. Yeah, it's We're talking like agnostic New front. <laughs> yeah. Chromags. It's like this guy didn't even bother. He just looked at the front cover and went, oh, probably for more from New York. <laughs> Uh, and but it makes a fair point after that inac slight inaccuracy. Um, slight, 
have always been New York hardcore's glory band, managing to somehow mix aggression with melodic beauty in a way that makes any music fan stand up and take notice. Unfortunately, after 10 years of releasing and touring, having gained families and money, a person's priorities are bound to change, as they obviously have done with the members of Hot Water Music. And it's like I was saying, I love all the older Hot Water Music albums, but this one is like the first one you sort of start to think, oh... What's this album called? New What Next. Okay. Caution was the one for me that it started going a bit on the ropes. Yeah. Well, and I felt a lot of the reviews or a lot of the stuff in the magazine was this. So you've got No Effects, The Greatest Songs Ever Written, massively mediocre um, No Effects album, I think you'll agree. Yeah, yeah, it's not very good. Uh, Taking Back Sunday, like their third album, so that that cool first album that everyone loved and it was like, all right, this again even worse various artists give them the boot volume four yeah volume four I, well, I dropped out of volume three uh and volume three was patchy yeah and this it's like yeah it's the same fucking cd all the same band it's just a different song, yeah, different song. released again because the original uh give them the boot is probably one of my favorite comps ever i love it so much good stuff on it so many summer nights like barbecue out the back having that on just getting drunk uh, you know, a few lads, few girls around. What a great bloody time that was in our youth. Can we go back? We will find a way. Drop. Now, <laughs> I was going to sing Drop the Leash by Pearl Jam. Uh, Drop the Leash? Drop the Leash. To get on to the next one. Oh. Uh, Pearl Jam's greatest hits. Mate. Who fucking needs that? Mate. It got five out of five. I oh, know, you carry on. Okay. First off. You're quite right. Who needs it? I put it on, right? And it's two discs long, so it was a long time. So basically, I did some dishes, because people want to know this, did some dishes, cooked the meal, stopped it, we ate the meal, went back, did then did those dishes, uh, and still hadn't finished. So we came back, we got the books out, and then we listened to the rest of it, right? It's a long, bloody album, two discs full. And I forgot how amazing those first, and I'm going to say it, I know you won't agree, but those first three Pearl Jam no, okay with that. are. I love, uh, yeah, you know I don't like Vi- uh, Vitalogy as much as 10 and Verses, but I still would listen to it. Right. It's not a five out of five album, right? And Weird. even though it's the best of, right? Because as soon as those first three albums are done, and all right, you could say, two perfect albums and then and then the third one's got some perfect songs on it there is smatterings of perfectness throughout their career after that like but it's rare and this really showcases it and it doesn't even go into the real latter day stuff as you say this is 2005 yeah yeah see i, th- I had this at the time did you yeah i don't really remember it massively but I know for me, after the first three albums, I needed just the best songs off the albums after that. Right. Like, get rid of the shit, please. Just give me the best ones. So, Dissident. Amazing song. Amazing song. Perfect song. Well, it isn't, because what? the middle eight is a bit flabby. Which bit? So it's the middle eight. Though. How does it go? It's like... Instead of like being musical, it's sort of like, how are we going to get from this bit to this bit? Uh, and then it continues to be awesome. But the middle eight is the the worst criticism I could get from them first three albums. What's the words on it? 
on, what, in the middle eight? Yeah. There, there isn't. It's like a musical interlude before oh, it goes right. into like the final stretch of the song. You were right, mate. I was wrong. Right, in this context, Spin the Black Circle doesn't hold up. <laughs> it's not a good song. It is a song where, you know, you said, oh, it's like a band getting together and it's their, the first batch of songs they write, Spin the Black Circle will be in it. And I just thought, it's too easy. I know I could pick up a guitar and do that. Yeah, it's like, we're going to do a punk song today, guys. Yeah. It's, and it's... Leave it's the punks to the punks. Yeah. It's a bit weak. It's like they're trying to do something that they they don't need to do. Yeah. Um, I remember when it came out, just fucking loving it. I remember thrashing around my room on my own, like just thinking, this is amazing. Like, and just banging my head around going, yeah, this is like Tourette's. You know, and I... It had that effect on me at that time, but listening back now, you were right. You were right. Right, latter day stuff. There is a couple of perfect things, like Off He Goes. That's really good, really beautiful. Uh, but there is total shit. Now, I chose a couple of total shit songs, and I wonder if Pearl Jam fans are going to agree with this. I don't even know if you know them. So you got Hail Hail. Do you know that one? No. Okay, so Hail Hail. I did watch a live thing on uh, YouTube, maybe, like a whole gig of Pearl Jam songs. That was fucking like seven hours long. And I kept on having to fast forward through loads of them, just like Eddie Vedder, like slow crooning sort of songs. Well, Hail Hail's a fast one. But when he slow croons, like it's hit and miss. Yeah. But the fast stuff now, uh, it, it doesn't doesn't hit it's rare that it hits that one how how sounds like a versus leftover so not even a, a leftover from black or something where i reckon even the leftovers from uh sorry not black from 10 like even the leftovers from that are going to be amazing right? well they are like yellow lead better and state of love and trust and all that sort of oh, not the albums but the songs when, around when that, that popped on state of love and trust popped on the the comp what oh, a song. I was like, oh my God, they just laid that down like it was nothing. Just put it in the middle. I was like, wow, what a song. You know the other song that was on the single soundtrack, Breath? That's that amazing too. Yeah, that I, that I remember saying, yeah, that is a good song. But it was always State of Love and Trust. It was like, if you're a real cool kid, you knew about that song and you didn't just know 10. The worst song on the whole thing is from Riot Act, the album. Uh, it's called Save You. That's terrible. It's really bland. Uh, and my favourite song they've ever done is on this. And I got this as a single. Um, I didn't know it was on the album Yield. Uh, so I got the single Given to Fly. I know the name of the song. Oh, it's so good. Uh, so yeah, that's my favourite Pearl Jam. If you want to head over to Spotify, hit up Given to Fly. That's where I'm going. Man. I love that song. It, it makes me well up a little bit. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to listen to Go... And then straight into Animal in one go. And that's like the perfect opening to an album. I can't get over how good those first three albums are, man. It's They're so... Uh, and I think Nostalgia has actually now like wedged its uh, fist firmly into my head. Because that's it's got to be Nostalgia. Hasn't it? It's got to be. It's got no, to they're be. they're just solid albums. Like their albums that are up there, like Led Zeppelin Four for me, and you know, they're just all-time great albums that every rock fan should listen to. If you were like in rock school, 
not the film, that's School of Rock, <laughs> but in a rock school, and like they're saying, these are important albums from the history of rock. Ten and Verses got to be up there. All right. Best ofs. Best of? Best of albums. The best of. The, the best greatest of. hits. Any that you can think of that you grew up with and that you love? Greatest hits two, Queen. Yeah. Me too. Greatest hits one, I never really got. I had it, but I didn't like it as much. I got it because I loved Greatest Hits too, and I was a bit disappointed. Like okay. because when I was much younger, like the songs of Greatest Hits too were just like more accessible. Yeah, maybe that's our age then. That, yeah, that's, definitely. That's the reason. Um, there's some others that I want to mention. Uh, if I had to listen to the Beast Halls, it would be Best of the Beatles. <laughs> You're so Alan Partridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the Beatles Blue uh, is a great best of actually. Um, come to think of it but I didn't put it on my list another one an honourable mention would be Madonna's Immaculate Collection I think pop music re really is served up best with compilations like Best Ofs yeah because a lot of them there's a lot of filler with a band like Pearl Jam Rearview Mirror that greatest hits collection isn't the best way to approach them I would say your best way just down, start at the beginning start at the beginning and when you start to think oh hang on this is getting a bit shit stop yeah <laughs> <laughs> They're on no code. Um, double Platinum by Kiss. That's my favourite all-time compilation. Absolutely love that. I don't think I could buy a compilation album these days, unless it was like a best of the 80s sort of thing. I couldn't buy a compilation of one band, I don't think. But why, yeah, well... Who would I not already have all the albums of to want to buy it? Well, it has Spotify uh, and streaming services made it completely redundant anyway, because you can just... Dig in, dig in and do it. Yeah, man. I think maybe if we were like looking at, you know, like we looked at Genesis, I might buy something like the best of Genesis to get an overall like view of someone that's so big. Well, e even with like Abba Gold or Madness's Complete Madness, like that's what people will be doing anyway. They'll say, let's get all the hits. If I enjoy that, maybe I'll dig further. Um, Cream was another one that I uh, quite loved the best of or compilation album that I listened to on Spotify far more than like the actual individual albums all right uh, and you got me into them uh, quite mm. recently so I guess I have listened to one recently for that very reason but yeah it's really rare that you would do that because you can just make your own like playlists and have done with it yeah, I think the idea for me of a compilation album is if you don't know them very well so you're not going to go on Spotify just in case like you pick a load of the shit songs. You want someone with a bit of knowledge. That's to know really true, yeah. So like an introducing. Yeah. But an Iron Maiden one. Like first 10 years or whatever it was. Oh, do you know what? I've never heard it. They did a Best of the Beast. Yeah. Uh, so they've done that and then all those live comps or, you know, that's just fucking forever coming out every year. Um, okay, interesting. Uh, did you have any more reviews? No, nope. I've got to Pearl Jam and thought this is just all like everyone's worst albums. <sighs> okay, another and my final five out of five uh, goes to Rolling Stones. They're a band, big band, quite successful, uh, and it's called Live Licks. Now, I only want to bring this up as an aside, really. Um, I found this CD on the side of a road. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it was. In its case, someone had obviously flung it out of a window. Uh, it was when I was street cleaning, believe that or not, 
and then to, we had to block motorways um, or the Thanet way or whatever until it left Thanet. Uh, so you have one danger vehicle and then you work in front of the danger vehicle. So if someone smashes, they don't kill you. They just smash into the back of the danger vehicle. Yeah. So we're in front of them and I like someone went, oh, Paul, you like music. And uh, threw me over the CD, which had been dumped at the side of the road. So someone had flung it out. Uh, of their car in, in disgust right and it was the Rolling Stones live licks unfortunately disc one must have been still in the car oh. uh, so it only had disc two on there and it's got the best version of can't you hear me knocking on it right it's ten minutes long I think the normal one's only seven minutes so it's like a bit extra and it really really feels like good but the rest of it is totally average totally shit uh, and to make up for it this week, I listened to Disc One, which is on Spotify. And again, as either it's, I can't imagine the performance was crap. Like the Rolling Stones, even if you think they're a pile of old shit, they still give it everything. You know, uh, their music's pretty flawless. Um, if you if you're into that sort of shit, but this this was sounded so lackluster and so so by the numbers and so oh, we having to do the song again like i'm <laughs> 60 or whatever he was at this time i know he's like 80 now but this is quite old um yeah weird to find a record in the street and uh i was so chuffed i took it home and was so excited it's like yes because this is a time of cds straight in my collection I was like this is great like a free cd <laughs> Nothing better. Yeah. Okay. That's the end of this. Uh, what was that magazine called again? Fist it hard. Fist it hard from Australia. Rip it up. Okay. So on holiday, I always take a book with me. Claire had just finished the Beastie Boys book called Book. And I said, Claire, can I? Can I? And she went, yes. As long as you don't have it in the bath. So <laughs> it's going to take me a long time to read it now because I do all my reading in the bath. Um, yeah, Beastie Boys. The book is called Book. And uh, on holiday, I listened to a load of the old stuff. And the that little EP they did, the hardcore EP that they did. Aglio Eolio. Thanks, man. I was trying to think across my head. What is that called? Aglio Eolio. Yeah, uh, water and oil. Okay, wicked. Hold on. I couldn't remember it at all. Wow. All right, okay. So I listened to that. There's and I, that, and there's another thing with the punk stuff on called Some Old Bullshit. Yeah, Some Old Bullshit's on there. Not as good as like the the new stuff. But then, I, so I listened to all this old shit, man. I was, I was just listening to it, and I was just really enjoying it. And like the weather was really great, as you would just feet up outside reading. And it made me really sad, like, with, uh, like the way it, it all stopped with MCA uh, and dying. And it was just really... I, I can't describe it because I wasn't affected too harsh at the time. Oh, I was heartbroken. I was never a great big Beastie Boys fan. MCA was, just, was my favourite one yeah. as well, definitely. He had the like the gruff, gruffer voice. voice. Yeah. Um, so even though I, w I like would always buy an album, and he was uh, a beautiful human being as well. I, reading this book, you really do get. He was a sense the one who did the whole Tibetan freedom stuff. I didn't think it was him. He was a Buddhist yeah. as well. I thought, before I read this book, that he was the guy that would be smashing beer cans in his head. Well, he was uh, 
back in the video, I think he's the one standing yeah. there bashing. But that—that's my memory of him. Like I, I always thought the other guys developed that... so much as people. Like when you go through their albums and listen to them and look at interviews from them and their live performances, how they grow up over time, and you see them grow as people and become awesome dudes. I think also, and I'm getting to the part now in the book because I haven't finished it. I'm getting to that part where they're starting to get into the uh, the success and they're playing up to this image that they've faked it isn't really them anyway they've sort of just sort of faked this image as like a, a bad project. boy thing yeah and um they're stuck with it and to be honest they're loving living up to it as well uh but the the bit i want to talk about here is them growing up uh in new york uh, New York hardcore, so hot water music there, of course. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and they all seemed to be at this Black Flag show, but didn't know like the MCA was there. The other two were hanging around with each other by this point. I just thought that's so weird. They're both in the same room, and just a couple of years later, they get together to start like recording, uh, like Egg Raid on Mojo. Do you remember that one? Yeah, so, awesome. So yeah, so that's uh, it's a really good book. I would really recommend that you read it. And the reason I say so is because they can both write. So Mike D, who I always thought was actually MCA, so I, I always got the people <laughs> around the wrong way. Didn't even know their names. I was not a big fan, as I say. Yeah, because um, thinking about it, I've seen them like four or five times and you were never there. Yeah, I, I say always bought the records, always listened to them, but just never really got tits deep in it. Never. Hmm. Yeah. I, the one the stuff I really loved was the hardcore stuff of that that one EP that I could never pronounce just had a funny scribble on the cover. The only disappointment I've ever had with the Beastie Boys is I've I got into them um, sabotage obviously was like out. I was like, oh cool I get that album uh, and I was like oh it's not all punk it's not all like oh, guitar right. music okay. it's hip hop as well and then clicked like when I did a little bit of like looking through stuff. Oh, they did Fight for Your Right to Party, which I was not allowed to listen to years and years ago. Oh, right, they're sort of coming together. And I was in the old Parrot Records that we used to go to, uh, and the cheapest one to buy was some old bullshit. So, of course, that's going to be the one then. Uh, so I bought that, and it was like, oh, that's is it even the same Beastie Boys? Yeah. If it had been Google times, I would have Googled it. But it took me ages to actually believe that that was the same Beastie Boys. It is a weird career trajectory I'll give you that I mean my introduction was that my friends when I was eight or nine eight maybe um nine who knows but uh, yeah uh, license to will will come out and my friend had bought it I remember I bought a half so we went shopping together I bought a half both equally good choices <laughs> thank you did it have take on me on it uh yeah it did that's yeah. a good album yeah. then uh, so I, I bought that one, Hunting High and Low, and he had bought the, oh, fucking hell, License to Will, isn't it? Is, that's what it's called. Yeah, License to Will is the first one, and then the one with the plane on it is Ill Communication. No, License to Will is the one with the plane. Ill Communication is one with a man talking into a thing. Get it up on the, on the internet. We need to know for sure. Yeah, Ill Communication... License to Will is the first one, like I said. Yeah, with the plane. You didn't say that. Did I not? Yeah. Ill Communications, the one leading out the uh, window. Okay. So, License to Will was my in, 
and I was like instantly gutted that I got a ha and that he got that one just proper gutted because like there was so much fun fight for your right to party uh, and all that business but where I really got into them because I never had it and I never taped it off him either where I went in was the She's On It single. Do you remember that? She's On, on it. it. Yeah. So yeah, there was that. And it's a single. I don't think it was on any album until that, their compilation album. Um, That's a good compilation album. The Big Beastie Boys one. It is until Benny and the Jets fucking come. I on. love Benny and oh, the Jets. Oh, mate, come on. That is amazing. I've even downloaded the original by uh, Elton John. <laughs> is that how you pronounce his name? Elton John. <laughs> It's not how you pronounce his name. Well, it is. It. <laughs> is it called From the Five Boroughs? The, um, yeah, no, festival. that's an actual album. The compilation album is called Anthology. Anthology. Sounds of Science, that's it. <sighs> Glad that's done. That's lush, because there's some bits in there that are unreleased on albums as well, so I like that. Like uh, Remixes as well. Yeah, like the Fatboy Slim remix of... Uh, what's it called? Body moving, body moving, ain't no sound but the sound of... Ooh. Yeah, if you put it on random on shuffle, that's the one that always comes up rather than actual body moving, which is weird. Anyway, you once said to me, but can you name any songs? So I said, you said to me, oh, what's that new Beastie Boys album like? And it was Two to Five Boroughs. And I said, yeah, it's well good. It's like as good as all the others, like as a thing that I would just say. And you're like, name a song. I was like, mm, I can't. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you were right. I remember that. But my favourite to listen to is the mix-up. Yeah? I love it. That's now, 2007, It's 2007. It? I think second to last that they did. So they went into the studio uh, with no, no plans. Like, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? Our fans are expecting this. We don't really want to do that we don't particularly want to do a hip-hop album we've got nothing laid down what should we do so they just laid down some jams and they enjoyed the jams so much that it just become a jam album i fucking love it man i i was listening to this mostly on holiday it's just so smooth and there's no vocals to get in your way and yeah they released another uh purely instrumental album as well called the in sound from way out but wasn't that like a comp that was a all comp. their bits yeah. and bobs that was really really good listen it had songs like power on it and the older ones yeah and i think when they'd started going with the mix-up they thought well that was really uh, a success personally for them obviously got them in a really good place and that's why they they continued with the mix-up i don't know a lot else about it other than that they went into the studio with no plans and that's what came out and so fucking good i really recommend it to you and i know it's like their least selling album that they made so out of everything they've done nothing sold as poorly as the mix-up but it's the one i go to now just because i know that like hits so well like why would i want to go back there mm. so yeah man did you ever listen to this one bs 2000 what is BS2000? That's, That's a band, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it's ad rock solo, like keyboardy stuff. I say no solo. He's got. I can't believe you've never heard that. I my friends had it. I yeah, didn't I know had what it. it. Was you're my friend? <laughs> wow. Okay. I've got it on vinyl. Uh, hang on, let me find it. What's it called? BS2000. BS. That's really good. 2000. Yeah, it's ad rock, um, and a guy called Emery Smith. 
Do you know what? It's not going to be on there, Dan, and and that's it. No, it's not bloody on there. I'll put out the record and bring it over. Uh, the other thing um, that I had was Mixmaster Mike's solo album. It's fucking brilliant. Is it? I love it. Is it? Yeah, it's really good. Name a song. I could just say anything. You're never going to And Money Mark, the keyboardist, he's released a solo album as well. He's probably released shitloads by now, but his solo album was really good. And he did one of the coolest things I've ever seen a keyboard player do. What did he do? You know how a keyboard player is not normally the most animated person on stage? Because they're standing there playing yeah. their keyboards. He literally flipped himself up on the keyboard and did a handstand and held the notes while he was playing at one point and then did a flip over the keyboard while he was playing and turned around and started playing backwards. It was like a fucking acrobat. It was awesome. Well, that, that's reasonably impressive. It was impressive at the time when you were at Brixton Academy watching. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Final thing I want to say here. Is that no, you've got me talking about the Beastie Boys. We're going on all, all night. Right. Okay, well, you've seen them. Yeah, a few oh, times. So, when was the best time you saw them? I saw them Brixton Academy with Alex. Uh, basically, we were we were both at work, and we were like, Beastie Boys are playing Brixton tonight. What time do you finish? And I was like, yeah, six, six. And we got paid that day. So, I went up and bought tickets off a tout, which were like fucking expensive for a couple of little 15-year-olds or whatever we were back then. Yeah. Then I saw them at Wembley Arena, supported by the Jungle Brothers, where they had, it was a in the round, and the stage, like, turned around as they were playing and all that sort were of stuff. Were you close to them for that one? Yeah, like second row. Like, oh, wow. Okay. And lit on the front row for some bits. It was awesome. And then I went with Ali and we had shit seats and we were right at the back of, and it was Wembley Arena again and we were sitting down but they did a really cool thing where they had, you know when the Matrix came out it had like all the photo um, stuff where they spin round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you could see round it had that technology set up at the front of the stage so that on the big screen it was constantly like doing that and then throwing up a big image of one of the beastie boys and doing like a 360 shot of all oh, right okay so they'd okay. like they obviously knew when the photo was going to go off so they'd go in and do like a, a jump or a pose or whatever and suddenly then yeah that was like what was moving around on the back that was awesome and all right now i'm intrigued so your favorite out of them favorite show if yeah. i could go back and see one again it would be the first one just because i was so blown away again we were like we got there like early and like run straight down to the front like you do when you're a little brixton kid. academy one yeah and just seeing them doing all their like dance moves timed with each other was what era brilliant. was it sabotage was out but intergalactic wasn't all right okay oh so that was let me just have a little look into my little gun. And they thing. did like, it wasn't done in sets either. They just sort of went from song to song. Some would be like old stuff with instruments. Uh, and then they'd have it just the DJ, whoever it was at the time. I think, I don't think it was Mixmaster Mike yet. I had the chance to see them uh, on Paul's Boutique. Oh, wow. And yeah. you fucked that up. I went back to my tent. No. <laughs> I was at Reading. and uh, yeah. I saw them at Reading. Did you? Not well, there that you go. One. You've seen them four, four <laughs> times then. There'll be other times that will click through in a minute. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, man. Gutted. How gutted am I? Paul's boutique's well good. That's, well, you you messaged me saying, yeah, think about what your best Beastie Boys album is. And it's got to be Paul's Boutique. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I'd still love Check Your Head and Ill Command, your communication, just as much. 
So, but if I like was like Dan, we're going to throw you on a desert island. You can only pick one Beastie Boys album. I think it would have to be Paul's Boutique. I got Paul's Boutique the day it came out. Okay, and my little claim to fame. It came on a gatefold vinyl. Nice. And the only thing I got from it, right? So get this. This was how out of the loop I was. And I can't even see it on there. There it is. Hey, ladies. Hey, ladies. So I thought, oh, that's like the old Beastie Boys that I love. You know, I couldn't get with them doing this new thing. I, I couldn't get with them being grown up. Uh, it just didn't jig with my body yet. It was too jarring. Uh, that's weird, right? That only Hey Ladies registered with me and I put it to the back of my collection, eventually sold it. Wow. Yeah. And then, like, of course, later on, I've bought it again and whatever. But yeah, that just shows you youth. You know, you, you're so tunnel visioned. This is what I want. Didn't get it. Fucking sold it. But yeah, day, day it came out, I was well excited. I just thought it was going to be more crazy hip hop stuff. So I was starting to get into it at that time. But yeah. well, it is hippity hoppity. But I suppose it's more grown up hip hop. It's now not talking about fighting for your right to party anymore. Well, that's it. And there was all these samples. Um, I was saying that. It's still pretty party. Like, shake your rump. And you've got these story songs like looking down the barrel of a gun. Yeah, man. Later on, later on, that was like a key anthem. I think, didn't censor? Yeah. Uh, Sensor covered it at Reading. Yeah, Sensor did it, and then, then of course, that's when Beastie Boys were like the coolest band. They were so cool. In fact, I was at the first gig I went to. I felt like I wasn't cool enough to be there. It's like, oh man, like all of these people are like older than us. And was there like a a black audience there? Was there black people going to that Beastie Boys show? I honestly couldn't tell you, mate. No, I'm sure there must have been. But I remember seeing. the queue for Public Enemy Anthrax didn't actually go, but I was in London and there was the, the queue and it was split black and white. And I just thought, that's awesome. Like even at a young age, I just thought they're all going to have the best time like going to see these two like ultra, ultra different bands. And it, there was that real divide. It was literally black and white. You know, it couldn't be, you couldn't be any more obvious what band are you going to see sort of thing and i just thought oh man them uh, them public enemy fans don't know what's going to hit them and of course looking back now i'm just thinking no those anthrax fans <laughs> you know so oh, i don't know man yeah interesting times uh, anything else you want to say final thoughts on the beastie boys i love them do you want them final question do you want them to do anything as Beastie Boys now? Only if it's me that does it. <laughs> so you're filling in for MCA? Yeah. Or Robbie Williams. Steve Boys.